the story that grabbed me. I asked him what his feelings were. You know, I mean, how would I feel if someone were abusing me that way? And he said at first he began to think of thoughts of revenge, but he had to take those thoughts captive. And he began to ask God to help him with his feelings toward these men. And so even in the midst of the beating and in the midst of the blacking out and coming to, he began to pray for these men that they would come to know the truth of Jesus because he, he understands and recognized that they're caught up in this lie of believing there's other gods and they're, they're victims. As much as he was a victim being beaten that night, they're victims because they believe the lie. And so that attitude he had towards those who were abusing him, it just really grabbed hold of me. Um, those are tough to top. Um, <laughs> they're all tough to top. Um, but one that grabbed me was actually about three sentences long, and it was a guy named Yama. And Yama came to know Christ because of Iwa, uh, which was another interesting observation, right? So we, we get so isolated in our faith. Um, we think that following Jesus is all about us. All these guys were connected, even though they didn't live in the same towns. They, you know, they'd heard the gospel from one another. They met together. And um, Iwa had led Yama to know Jesus less than a year ago. And he's a single guy. And it was interesting when he shared who he's like, I'm Yama. Uh, this is all through an interpreter, right? But it really was about three lines. And he's like, my name is Yama. Uh, I'm single. Uh, I'm 30. Iwa led me to faith. And I haven't been persecuted yet, but it's probably because I've only been a Christian less than, you know, a year. And I, it just struck me, you know, like, here's this guy, whole life in front of him, right? Whole life in front of him. And, and the Lord called him, not only to follow him, but to, to minister for him. And he gave his life to that. Um, just really impacted me and um, uh, Yama. So he, he was the one who... Uh, one of the ones who really impacted me and, and, and his story really challenged me. So, um, and because of his faithfulness, three families have already come to know Christ. Um, so you know, I, just, I want you to think about that, right? So this guy's known Christ for a year, and three families have freedom in Christ because of who he is in his ministry. So all of our excuses, right? Like, you just sit them back here somewhere. Um, so that was a story that impacted me. So as we go on missions... Um, this is always an important question, right? Um, when, we are, when we are serving God, we're going outside, we're talking about leaving our comfort zone in this series. If it doesn't change us, then it's, it's for us. And we don't want it to be about us. We want it to be about the gospel, about Jesus. So um, the hardest question in my mind is the last one, right? Like, how have you guys lived differently since going on this trip? Wow, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I think for, for, for me and Gary... We've been on a journey for a while, and every trip I take, it, God just solidifies our purpose, my faith. He increases it to recognize we are to seek things above and not things of this earth. And I have grown uh, immensely in the last several years to recognize that the stuff doesn't matter. Nothing matters except kingdom building, finding people to share Christ with, because everything else is going to fall away and burn up people are what matters, and they have to know, know Christ. So there's an urgency that I, I found in my own heart that we have to be about his business. And so that, for me, the impact, knowing that these guys are willing to lay their lives down, literally. We don't have that here yet. 
but knowing that these guys are willing to lay their life down for the, for the sake of Christ, knowing that if they get persecuted and die, their next breath is with Jesus, but knowing that what they're doing is that someone out there needs Christ because without him, there is no hope. There is an eternal hell waiting for them, and they have, uh, he, they have such a passion to, to share the gospel wherever, regardless of, of the cost. So for me, it's just continuing to walk this path that God has opened up for us to, to continue to walk, and we will continue to the day we die, so um, I'm encouraged uh, by, by that. Uh, how's my life changed from this trip? Um, I'm going to cop out on this one a little bit because I think the life change for me, as Connie's already mentioned, took place several years ago when God opened my eyes uh, after going on a mission trip years ago uh, to see things the way He sees it. And again, as Connie said, that. It, it just really changes perspectives when you get into a situation where you see people who are giving their all for Christ. Uh, one man uh, that we talked to said that uh, the, the threat of persecution doesn't scare him. He said, when you're my age, which he was younger than me, I think, but he said, when you're my age, what have you got left to lose anyway? So, so um, anyway, as, as far as what's changed in my life, I would say that it's, I've just been enhanced a little bit more because... As these guys come to my mind, and I can't say they come to my mind every second of every day, but when God brings them across my mind, I pray for them uh, because I know what they're, I, I understand what they're going through. I don't know what they're going through because I've not faced the same problems they're facing. But uh, our perspective in, in the world has changed. Uh, when we were younger, we were striving for the things that everybody strives for. We want the nice home and the nice car and the nice clothes. And you know what? it's really got to the point where that stuff really doesn't matter a whole lot. So the things that matter are the eternal things. And that's what we uh, work towards. That's what we want to join God in doing. Uh, God's not concerned with the stuff that we accumulate. He's concerned with the lives that we can touch. And so that's what we're after, and that's what we're trying to do. It's awesome and challenging. <laughs> um, I think for me, one of the things that I've changed and was really challenged by. And Ewa's story, one of the things that got him in trouble was he had one, one sheet of a Bible study in his backpack. And um, it just made me think, man, I'm so dependent upon my phone or my Bible or, you know, a resource. I say, I don't, I don't know how to do this without pointing to something else. Um, and so I was really challenged to, to memorize more scripture, just me personally. I'm not saying that's for everyone, I'm just saying that's what God did in me. And, uh, and so I've been memorizing more scripture so that I'm more ready to speak uh, God's word when he gives me those opportunities. Um, so um, you're going to have an opportunity at the end. We're going to talk about next steps. Um, our church has committed to partnering with, um, now it's 17 of these underground pastors over the next three years. Um, and so uh, this first trip helped each of those pastors get a motorbike. And that motorbike is huge. So Iwa, who was talking about his experience, if he has a motorbike, he might not be in prison because he can get out and he can, he can get away from the persecution. Um, and he can travel to a home that, that is far away from him. So um, already the generosity of you all has helped to provide that for them. And uh, we're hoping to support them over the next three years. And, and you're going to hear more about how you can give specifically towards that. Um, and then as we meet these guys and learn their stories, we want all of us to be engaged in praying specifically for them. And so you're going to hear more about that at the next step. Um, but for right now, 
Uh, I'm going to ask Gary, if he would, to, to pray for our worship, but also to pray for these pastors. The band's going to come back up uh, while he prays, and then we're going to continue singing today. Okay, let's pray. Father, first of all, I'd like to just lift up our friends in Indonesia. Um, I call them my friends, even though I don't know them very well, but I know that they're about your work. The things that they're concerned with and consumed with are the things of you. So, God, I pray for them this morning that you would empower them and embolden them. I don't necessarily pray that you would keep them safe, Lord. I pray that you would send them where you need them to go. They are willing to suffer uh, for your sake. And so, God, to keep them safe might mean keeping them out of a dangerous place. I pray you would send them exactly where they need to be. I pray, God, that you would watch over them and keep them, though. I pray that their faith would grow stronger every day. I pray that their life would be a challenge to us, an inspiration to us. It's time to, to stop sitting in our comfortable seats and stop coming to church to be entertained, but to be, become involved and consumed with doing kingdom work. I pray, that God, that you would help us to make that transition. And Father, now as we move into the rest of our time here together this morning, we are going to sing some songs, but there's so much more than songs. They're our expression of love to you. I pray, God, that you would hear these words that we sing, see our hearts, and know that we are worshiping you and loving you. And God, may you take joy in what you hear. It's all for your glory. We bless you, Lord, and it's in the name of Jesus, our precious Savior, we pray. Amen. <laughs> 